Welcome to the WP Builds Podcast, bringing you the latest news from the WordPress community. Now, welcome your hosts, David Wormsley and Nathan Wrigley. Hello there and welcome to the WP Builds Podcast once again. This is episode 124 entitled, How Do We Put Our Prices Up? It was published on Thursday, the 18th of April, 2019. My name's Nathan Wrigley from pictureandword.co.uk, a small web development agency based in the north of England. And I will be joined later by David Wormsley from davidwormsley.com because today it's one of our discussion episodes. I know that quite a few people like these discussion episodes and we try to do them as often as possible. Just before we begin, a few things to mention. If you wouldn't mind going to the wpbuilds.com website and then using the links at the top. For example, the first link is the subscribe link and it will allow you to keep in touch with all that we're doing over at WP Builds. You can sign up to two newsletters, the first of which alerts you if we put out a new podcast episode every Thursday and a news item on a Monday. The second form allows you to sign up to our alerts emails and that will be a plain text email as soon as I find out if there is a price reduction on a WordPress plugin theme or something like that. You'll also be able to join us on iTunes, subscribe to us on the Google Podcast app. If you leave any reviews on those platforms, we'd be most grateful. Then you can join our Facebook group, which has over 1,900 members now. It's a very friendly place to be, talking about all things WordPress. And you can find our YouTube channel and get messenger updates and so on and so forth. So that's a good place to go. The next one I want to mention is forward slash deals. And if you go to that page, you're going to find heaps and heaps of deals on WordPress products and services. If you're in the mind for buying something, it's maybe worth checking that out because we've got all sorts of coupon codes and you never know what you're requiring might well be there. Forward slash contribute if you want to join us on the podcast and show something that you've been working on, something that you've done recently, something that you're proud of. I'd gladly share my screen with you. We can record it and then distribute it to our community. And finally, forward slash advertise. If you would like to advertise on the WP Builds podcast and get your product or service in front of a wider audience. Speaking of which, the WP Builds podcast is brought to you today by the Page Builder Framework. Do you use a page builder to create your websites? The Page Builder Framework is a mobile, responsive and lightning fast WordPress theme that works with Beaver Builder, Elementor, Breezy and other page builders. With its endless customization options in the WordPress customizer, it's the perfect fit for you and your agency. Go to wp-pagebuilderframework.com today. And WP Admin Pages Pro. Have you ever needed to add custom admin pages to your client's WordPress dashboard but couldn't find the right tools to do it? WP Admin Pages Pro is here for you. Create beautiful admin pages using your favorite page builders, such as Beaver Builder, Elementor, Breezy, and more. Check it out at wpadminpagespro.com. And we thank all of our sponsors for their support of the WP Builds podcast. Okay, let's get stuck into our podcast today, shall we? This episode's entitled, How Do We Put Our Prices Up? And it's just discussion with David and I. We talk about all of the things that we've been doing recently in order to 
actually charge our customers? What platforms do we use and so on? And then a bit of a discussion about the kinds of things that we've been thinking about when we've had to raise our prices. As always, we've not got the perfect answer. We're just working it out as much as you're working it out. But it's a nice discussion nevertheless, and I hope you enjoy it. And today we're discussing how do we put up our prices Nathan, I suggested this one, but as we realize, we've no idea what this means because most of us are charging by the project. But I guess, you know, we all do something that's hourly in some form or another, or we have some kind of service like care plans. So we've got something to talk about. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And actually, it was interesting talking just before this uh, that you've had to do this a few times, which is, is kind of new to me. So I'm, I guess I'm getting ideas from you. Well, I've not really done a great deal of this. So t- to be honest with you, I think it would be nice to talk about the, the sort of how we approach it, but also mm. the technical details. And I, like everybody else, I've got my way of doing it and it works for me and it's absolutely not ideal. I wouldn't recommend it to anybody particularly, but it works for me and I've kind of got used to it. Um, So there's that. Then there's a discussion about the the payment gateways and how that kind of stuff Mm. works and and in my case, trying to understand that because not really had to grapple with that. Um, so yeah, should we just break it down and talk about how we how we actually bill our clients to begin with? How do you go about getting money out of clients? Yeah, well, I've moved now almost entirely to uh, productized services, so they are paying for those. And I, I mean, I said that I didn't really need to put up prices. I have all the, all the way along the line. And in fact, I've just done it recently with both my build days and my care plan. But I have just taken, so what they're doing, the client has to go to my WooCommerce shop and pay for it before any work's done. And for those things that are on subscription, I've got the WooCommerce subscription plugin working, going to Stripe. And anybody who's, say, gone on the care plan earlier will continue to be charged at that price. And anybody who comes in new will get charged yearly, in my case, on the new price so we have the grandfathering going on that's the same with many of the wordpress plugins okay yeah we can get to that in a minute and whether that's sustainable Mm. and what have you i'll tell you what i've got a variety of things that i do um i have a the the most common one for me and this is is a surprise i suppose in a way is email i very often will I've got a platform which I'm transitioning away from, but I can't really talk about the new one too much because I haven't really used it. So I'll talk about the one that I've used for many years. Um, and it's a self-hosted PHP script called Pancake App. You can go and find it, I would have thought, on the internet. Um, and it enables me to get them to pay via a button on, uh, and that connects to Stripe. So let's say there's an invoice for £150. The invoice will say here's the total and there's pay by credit card you can change the text so that it says pay by whatever i'm increasingly thinking that pay by stripe might be the way to word it because i think stripe is now at that maturity that people actually know what it is as opposed to before it sounded better to say pay by credit card um, and then there's a paypal button and also there's a there's just underneath that it says what my bank details are in the UK we have a sort code and an account number and you have to get both of those details right and you you then have to go onto your own online banking type in my account and sort number and pay me 
And oddly, that is the way that the vast majority of my clients wish to pay. They wish to pay directly into my bank account. So they don't use PayPal, they don't use Stripe. They task somebody each month, presumably in their accounting department to go into their online banking, type in the amount of money that they owe me and click send. The the burden for that, for me, is that I have to go and check and manually reconcile all of that. But I actually quite like doing that. It gives me a couple of hours each month away from my normal mm-hmm. tasks. And I just sit and go through my bank details and look, look down the in column and just match things up. And if I see that something hasn't been paid, I simply just send them another email uh, in in my queue of emails and they receive that and hopefully they pay it and if it, always they've been paid I've never had one really I've got no complaints about this where somebody's endlessly 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 never paid they always get paid I mean sometimes they're a bit tardy but usually not so yeah kind of like the old-fashioned days I get paid mostly by the bank but in the UK, we also have this system called GoCardless, which is a direct debit mandate app. And it allows you to set up a recurring or one-off payment. And the fees are ridiculously low. So as of about a year and a half ago, anybody coming onto my care plan, because that pricing is utterly predictable, it's going to be the same every single year or month. I set that up and they they join onto it and then it just automates it in the same way that Stripe would. But the fees are significantly lower, so I do mm. that now. The other, the the other thing that I've never really had to do is change the price on the fly. So my care plans have only really been up and running for let's say a couple of years, and they are the same price today as they were a couple of years ago, and. In terms of the technical details of how I would actually go around changing those, I'm really not that sure. Do you have experience of having to change electronic payments that are sort of scheduled, recurring payments? Yeah, well, I did a classic mistake when I first set up the care plans. I I actually set it to expire after one year. So oh. the first people came and I realized, oh, their plan had expired. They had to sign up again for a new one because I hadn't set it to to never end. Oh, okay. Yeah, as far as I understand, and I've not explored this because it's been a simple process to put the care plan up a little bit on one of them because, yeah, as I just described, you know, the new people get their price and the old people stay as they were. What I haven't explored, I'm sure it is possible for me to manually change the amount that they're supposed to be paying on the earlier agreement. I could put up the other people if I wanted to, I guess, but I haven't checked it out. So we think... Although yeah. neither of us actually know that it's possible. Let's <laughs> let's go with Stripe as an example. We think it's possible to take a £100 per month uh, subscription, let's call it that. And without informing the clients, we could increase that to 110 Now, presumably, although again, we're both ignorant of this, that would trigger some kind of email to the client to say, this is going up. Or can you just do it arbitrarily and... Not tell anybody anything. Yeah, do you know what? I should have checked this one out because I don't know. It would seem wrong, wouldn't it, for me to be able to change the the payment amount? Yes. Through. But uh, but essentially, as far as Stripe's concerned with WooCommerce, it's just do, Stripe's just doing what WooCommerce tells it to do. Yeah. And I I tell WooCommerce what to do, so ah. I can't see I can't see any reason why I couldn't do it. But it would be wrong wouldn't it for me to just put the prices up without telling somebody yes um, you, you might have to 
go into your email client and just tell them all, presumably one at a time or <laughs> yeah. on some kind of autoresponder, just tell them all that this is going to happen. Um, and how would you handle that then? Would you would you get them to would you break the connection between all of your current subscriptions and then say please come back and sign up because the the old plans are going away or would you would you rather try to increase them with an email and assume that no response to that email is authorization to go ahead yeah really dangerous one that isn't it yeah. i do you know this is a really good debate because i haven't really thought about it my my principle at the moment is and whether it's sustainable is to never do that you know always to let people come in yep. at the agreed amount if i should be forced to do it i think my gut at the moment would be just to end that agreement and make them go sign up so they had to go to the landing page which explained what they were signing up to again right right and just keep things clear but Maybe some people I might know better and I could have a, an email discussion with them about what we're doing and, and say, is it OK to do that? It'd be interesting if anybody's a Stripe expert, you know, if they could give us the lowdown on how to do this. Because if this were possible, presumably yeah. part of your terms and conditions that they and I'm again not putting the cart before the horse, but I'm presuming they have to tick a box on your checkout page to say I've read the terms and conditions mm-hmm. you could include such terms and conditions in your, uh, you know, in that in that checkout procedure, such that you are entitled with email being delivered and sent out to put the prices up and make the assumption that unless they s- refuse those payments or jump off your plan, that this is all going to be acceptable. Yeah. Don't you think it's wrong that I don't, I, I didn't have on those initial people any terms and conditions anyway for them to sign, but I always feel... I mean, everybody feels cheated, don't they? If somebody points you to the terms and conditions, we were allowed to do that. Yes. So I would, gosh, I would avoid that with, uh, you know, (laughs) to the utmost, I would avoid doing that kind of thing to a client because it would uh, throw things out. So I don't know. I I still think, you know, to be honest, there's another discussion. You know, do we really ever need to put our prices up? Are things not becoming more cheap or more efficient is the cost of say a hosting services even getting a little bit less over time yeah i guess if you take a snapshot of just a couple of years Mm. which perhaps is what we're doing here because i'm talking about well i have just mentioned like care plans which i've only been doing for a few years really i've i've felt absolutely no need in that time to to bump the prices up the prices are today what they were a couple of years ago Mm. and i can still they still make great sense to me in that they are they are reasonably profitable at those price points but presumably if that i well unimaginable though it is let's say that all of my clients are still with me in 10 years time then at that point the the value of the pound goodness help us with uh, the break you know what's happening with brexit soon and all of that it seems to be fluctuating at the moment but let's say that that sterling is worth you can buy half as much now in 10 years as you can with uh, you know a, yes. a pound, which seems to be the pattern the value of money mm-hmm. decreases by fifth, uh, halves over a 10 year cycle um then they're not going to make sense and i will need to put them up so i would say that no at some point i'm going to have to face this i think i'm not going to get away with this forever but but, but my clients probably won't be with me for that long anyway so it might be moot anyway 
But do you not think maybe, and this is the difference between your care plan and mine, mine doesn't take up my time where it's only, if you like, servicing the technology side ah, of things on the hosting. So yes. those costs are not spiraling up. So I, and I, and because it's kind of scalable, it actually, you know, gets more profitable the more people are there. So because it's not my hours. So I'm thinking that I probably wouldn't need to do that the same as you might because of your hourly rate will need to go up. Yes. Yeah, we should say that <clears> as part of my care plan, some of the packages, you, you just get a bit of time, you know, I'll, I'll sit with you on mm. the phone or whatever. So, yeah, good point. Yeah, in your case, maybe, maybe as the, the price of this technology hosting and so on drops, which it has, I mean, it's incredible mm. what you can get now. I know you're more of an expert about this than I am because you keep your eye on this because I mostly have my own server and I know what that costs, but not really keeping an eye on the market as a whole, digital ocean and so on. Um, but yeah, incredible. So maybe maybe you're right. Maybe the price will just continue to fall such that your 10, 20, 50 pounds a month will still be profitable for you in the future. Question is, um, you know, the the old economic argument of charge what the market can bear would you mm. put your prices up simply to keep them feeling cheap? <laughs> yeah, that's a good point. You know what? I <laughs> Just talking about generally putting up prices, my colleague needed to do this twice since I've known her. And she, because she does odd jobs for people, she's kind of had to let them know my prices from January or whatever are going up mm. by mm. five pounds or an hour. And I don't think she's had any pushback from any of this. Her accountant said you really should do it, and her accountant is one of her customers. But um, <laughs> you know, a, I that's think... a great that, that works. <laughs> I know, that's fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it's it's just interesting. It made me wonder as well. The other side of it: Do we actually sometimes need to put our prices up to show our value? Mm. Uh, in, is about clients over time. Well, this is this is the mantra, isn't it? We hear this all the time in these business communities and Facebook groups and online courses. You know, constantly putting your prices up, and making sure that you've vetted the clients and such and such, so that you can charge these maximum prices. I don't know. I'm. I'm. Yes, I suppose that's true. There's definitely definitely truth in that. And again, as we've said before, neither you or I are trying to be millionaires. We're just enough is is okay. So yeah, my prices haven't really changed, but they probably should. But I'm not I'm not going to try and compete with like the rock stars in this industry, you know, and claim yeah. that my that I'm at, I don't know, 800 pounds an hour and <laughs> bizarre like that, because I don't think my clients will wear it anyway. But having said that, um, I do less than I used to, but occasionally I'll do like an hourly rate. Uh, so they might phone up and want a particular job and I'll say, yeah, I'll put you in the calendar and we'll do it. That Those prices have gone up and I've never, ever, ever had anybody say at the point where I say, and it's such and such an hour. Nobody's ever said no. What? What are you on about? Everybody's always thought that was reasonable. Um, so that that's always worked for me. And then very yeah. occasionally, I've also said, look, you're asking me to do something in 24 hours. And really, I've got a week's worth of work ahead of you. I'm mm -hmm. going to charge you uh, my normal rate plus such and such an hour. And nobody's ever balked at that either. Because in the UK, we have this system where, and I presume this is still true, if you if you work over a certain amount of hours, your employee employer is obliged to pay you more per uh, per hour per hour 
So the same would be true for me. You know, you're making me work more. You're demanding that I do something urgently. So I'm going to charge you more commensurate to that extra work. And nobody seems to be bothered by that. Oh, I didn't actually know about that. There's a 48 rule, isn't it? If you're required to work over 48 hours or something, you have to agree to that. Fact yes. In the, yeah. The UK. And, and I think there's also certain days, isn't there? Things like uh, bank holidays as yes. we have in the UK. And if, if, if your employer uh, compels you to work on those days, I think they have to pay you uh, 1.5 times your normal rate. Again, that could be horribly outdated knowledge. That certainly was the case when... Um, when I was, you know, much younger, those kind of figures were always bandied around, and and perhaps it would even be like two times on Christmas Day or something like that. Yeah, yeah. When I was young, I always used to work on Sundays and any yep. of the bank holidays yep. because I didn't have family commitments and I could earn much more. Yeah. You know, so yeah. absolutely. Do you know? What? I think that's really valuable that idea that you can put up and explain it that you're going to put up an hourly rate for a job because of the the basis of your work that week. You know, I think it's perfectly reasonable isn't it a really handy tip i think yeah it, it very it's really rare to be honest most people n- not only do they very rarely come to me and say this is very urgent because most people you know they're working and they realize that you can't be asked to do it but it has happened occasionally and they've been willing to stomach it because they need it right away and i think that's a just completely justified if they want something 24 hours from now and it's an absolute must you're going to be doing extra work and you're going to be staying up. So, you know, you get a bit of a bonus, a bit of a pat on the back for doing that. Yeah, I think that's fine. Yeah. yeah. You know, we're going to have people screaming at us saying that we should never be revealing hourly rates anywhere, but I'm not sure how that's possible Yeah, not yeah. to do that when it's odd jobs. Oh, absolutely. I'm very open about the hourly rate. Um, and it that has crept up over time. And mm-hmm. because I issue... Well... The way that my business works, I'm talking to these people. We're on the phone. We're in the email. There's no surprises. I'm not trying to catch anybody out. I'm not trying to trick anybody with the amount of hours I've worked or anything like that. They, um, you know, I'll say to them, it's this, and and wait to see if they think that's okay. And as I said, nobody's ever um, criticized it because I don't charge a crazy amount of money. So it's completely yeah. reasonable. And in many cases, it's probably probably less than my clients are earning each hour. So they yeah. probably think, well, yeah, that's, that's that's fine, you know, that's fine. And absolutely, I mean, you know, in some ways my prices have gone down. I've started to put them up a little bit. But in, in the true sense, from the client's perspective, when we used to charge for those first jobs, it took us longer to do. I was working with the Genesis framework. I didn't have Beaver Builder mm. as my page builder, mm. which speeded things up significantly. So I was charging them based on my idea of what the hours would be. But for them, it was just this kind of project figure. Yeah. Now, if I say my one-day builds, it's much less than that project figure. But what they don't know is that it just became became a lot easier, a lot more efficient for me to sort of build their sites. We're, we're so... We often find ourselves in these conversations, especially at the, it seems like more than ever, of putting our prices up all the time, putting our prices up, getting the maximum. I've I've always taken a slightly different approach in that if if it works for me, I'm happy with that. If this if the figure that I get, I'm, if it works for me, and I'm not living in London and I don't have great massive uh, jetting off holidays all the time, so I, I can you know I can live on probably a less than less than many people listening to this can 
Um, but we're always talking about putting our prices up to the point where I wonder if people get frustrated with when they're putting out proposals and things and, you know, they add 10% or they double their price and so on. Do they do they always get accepted or do you start to feel I'm getting knocked back here? Okay, right. Now I realize my price has gone too high. This is silly. People are not using me because my prices are going up. I wonder at what point you you start to rein that in and say, well, I've, I've taken this too far. There's There's no fresh work now. Yeah. And I think being, I mean, when I started off, I was quite happy to take any work because I knew that was my position. And I think in some ways there's some merit to, to overworking and doing it too cheaply in the first place mm-hmm. when you're, you're picking up clients, because once you have picked them up and they trust you and know you to be, you know, true, you can kind of increase your rates without, I think, too much difficulty. Obviously my colleague did. And obviously, even though it's not so obvious, I have done as well. Mm. But I think I'd rather get the person in and have that trust than try and sort of, you know, gamble it in the early days and of my price. Uh, just maybe I'm too cautious. No, I, I know what you mean in that the the idea is very beguiling, isn't it? The idea of, you know, making a really great proposal, putting together an absolutely fantastic mm. pitch positioning yourself really well, working out that the client does have enough money to pay you a decent fee. And then at the moment where you actually work out what it's worth, you decide, okay, I'll, it'll be a little bit more than this. I want more profit out of this. Let's, let's add another thousand. Let's add another 3000, whatever, in yeah. order that, that there's more profit in this for me. Sometimes that's going to fail. Sometimes mm. it'll work, but it, to me, and with all my clients, it tends to be a long-standing relationship. I, I build something and then we often keep that relationship going. So by mm. doing it not tremendously expensive in the beginning, mm. um, I, I'll win that because price is significantly important to people. But, you know, they're still with me five years later. They're still coming back every couple of months for a little task and a little tweak here and a little tweak there. So my my reduced fee at the outset ends up being a considerably bigger fee in the long run. Now, obviously, it would yeah. be ideal if I could charge a very big fee at the outset and still keep them for 10 years, but yeah. that's just yeah. the position I take. I, I just, I, I, I'm happy with that. I can, yeah. I can sleep easy at night with that knowledge. And it's our mental blocks. And I guess my mental block is that I'm realizing I'm dealing with other businesses and I think you know, because I'm always seeing it from my perspective, that they're a little bit like me. They're not like the usual consumer, but will likely to be looking at the bottom line on the true value of something in terms mm. of cost mm. because they're running a business and they need to separate their personal life and their business money orientated life. So I expect that they'll be analyzing this where probably truthfully they're not. They still behave like usual consumers. So <laughs> value pricing probably works really well. Yeah. But um, I'm still stuck with it still. And I guess I have to be me. And that's really the ultimate thing, isn't it? Yeah. The, 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 the sort of myth I think about this, though, is that especially you know, you can't help it on the internet and on the telly and in your Facebook groups and all of that kind of stuff. There's always there's always people who are incredibly successful at this stuff. They can put their prices up and keep putting them up and keep putting them up. And it just it almost feels like it's a never ending cycle, an amazing success. But then, of course, you know, there's only one Ronaldo. There's, hmm. There are some people that can just do this stuff. They've got incredible skills. They've got an amazing gift of the gab. They can carry this stuff off. They've got everything going for them and they pull it off. And then they, you know, rightly, I suppose, blow their own trumpet. But it's it's not, not probably going to work for all of us because we can't all 
be fabulously well paid for doing the same job. That just yeah. can't work. So I, I don't think there's anything too demoralizing in the fact that your prices might creep up as opposed to doubling every six months, you know. Do you, yeah, do you ever feel that in the back of your mind you need to have uh, a story, if you like, something that you know why you justify your prices as, as they are, your Sorry, hourly so, rate? What do you mean? Do you so, have, do, well, in a way, whatever I charge, I think to myself, I have to charge this because half of my time is on unpaid work learning mm, about mm. our industry. Ah. I have to do so much training. So I have that little thing in the back of my mind. Should I ever be asked? I don't obviously want to push. Well, I do, actually. I do want to tell the clients, you know, I'm really cheap because <laughs> you don't know about all of what I do that they get paid for. I would like to say that, but I know it would be stupid. Yes. But I have it in my head, you know, this sort of justification, if yeah, you like. Do, do, you, do you still do that, or do you feel mostly now that you're, you can pull off the projects that are coming your way without that learning curve? Oh, yeah, no, it's a, but it's not the learning curve for that particular project. I just think in general, to yeah. do our job, we mm. need to put that amount of time aside. So we just being in this industry means that we can only kind of work well, maybe not half the time, but, you know, we are restricted in how long we can work and still remain current and useful in yes. the industry. Yeah, no, um, no is, is the truth of it. I don't um, include that in the pricing. Funnily enough, I did actually have that conversation with a few clients right at the beginning when I was starting doing this kind of stuff. So this is like years ago with Drupal and things. I would explicitly draw attention to the fact that if you went with me, you wouldn't be paying for me to learn it because I understood it already. So I made that a bit of a thing. And then in the yeah. end, I realized that probably wasn't a great conversation to be getting into. So I've, I've dropped making any reference to learning or, uh, or, yeah. or any of that long ago. Um, and so I suppose my pricing does just simply reflect, and I'm not very clever about all this stuff. Basically, I have to look at my bank balance at the end of the month and work out, does it allow me to pay for all of the things that I need plus mm. a little bit of saving for holidays and so on and so forth. And, and I know what that figure is. And so I know that if the incoming work meets that figure, great. If it doesn't, I've got to get more for next month. And so it goes. There's nothing, um, no, I'm not thinking about learning time or anything. I'm just, just trying to get my, uh, get my monthly average figure yeah. traveling through my bank account each month. That's, that's all I'm doing. So, you know, I'm not building an agency. I'm not even trying to build an agency. I'm not doing any of that. So no, very straightforward in my case. Yeah, no, I wouldn't communicate any of this. It's just uh, my internal conversation about when I'm pricing what I'm considering in mm. that, you know, the fact of how much time is literally unpaid time. And that has to be figured into, you know, what what I do charge for my hours, but yeah, I guess it's something that a client wouldn't understand. Yeah, in terms of looking at our hourly rates. No, I know what you mean. Um, so no, I'm not that complicated. I'm not uh, not doing it like that. I'm just <laughs> I'm just doing it until it's finished, and then the yeah. the the money, the amount of money has to has to equal what it has to equal. Because uh, I was just telling you before we started this conversation, I I was working last night till one thirty in the morning. Um, mm. There's no there's no reason on earth I should be doing that. But it just felt to me that I wanted a bit more time off today and I, quite a few of the tasks I could just be cracking on with. So everybody in my house had sort of turned in and just thought I'll go for it. And, you know, that's fine. It just allows me to do it. I'm not going to be charging extra for that because it was inconvenient. It's just a roundabout way and I'll get, I'll, it, it'll work out in the end. 
Yeah. Well, I mean, I like the, the fact that you can just put up your prices as you choose anyway without issue because, you know, they they get the basically you're, you're almost giving them a proposition for every job that's done. You're sending them an invoice and they decide whether they're going to pay this in advance. Yes. Is that correct? Yeah, the there job? is quite, quite a bit of that. Like I say, far less than I ever used to. Uh, it yeah. used to be that my my work was all really mostly driven by the clock. So I would log the amount of time it took to do this job and log the amount of time to do that job. But now that I've got the care plans going and things, there's, there's less of that. But yeah, absolutely. Um, and I do, I like I said, I really do enjoy that sort of time doing something a bit different, which is looking through the bank and getting a general feel of how much has gone in this month and whether it's been paid on time and things. Because that also gives you a... It does give you a sense of which clients are, in inverted commas, behaving. Because, yeah. you know, if you are manually checking it and you're not just relying on autoresponders to go out because this person hasn't paid and that's just all dealt with, I, mm. I genuinely know in 90% of the cases who are my clients that just immediately pay it because I can match it up. There's the invoice date. Good grief about... About less than 12 hours later, that was paid. That's fabulous. I, that client is great. And it happens week, month in, month out. This one over here, the invoice goes out. And, and I, I know because I click the button on the send, uh, I've had to send them two emails. So I know that they're a bit more more hard yeah. work. So maybe they're one to, in the future, think about carrying on with. And maybe you're the one that I want to put more time into because I can see that we're working well together. Yeah. That's great. I don't think we answered our question, did we, really? We just put them up as we need to. Yes. There's no issue yeah. is the answer. Uh, <laughs> there was one thing that I wanted to say about it. I, yeah. I got sidetracked, actually, and it was about the Go Cardless direct debit mandate. Um, that is a system, like I said, in the UK that allows you to, to do all of this. I think that that direct debit mandate specifically allows you to put the prices up and down arbitrarily without getting back in touch with them. Because that's what it is. So as an example, yes. in the UK, you know, everybody will pay for their gas and electricity and all of this with a direct debit. And because that's a movable feast, you know, in, in the winter months, that price will skyrocket because the gas is on. And in the summer months, it'll drop through the floor because you're not heating the house. And so the company are allowed to charge you what is the correct amount month in month out so that's what you sign up for it's going to go up a bit it might go down a bit might go back up a bit so that i think that's worth putting in there but i'm not an expert on that so i I'm, no. there might be caveats there may be i guess it depends on the, i mean as i understood it if you've got a set amount that you agree to with the banks under your direct debit mm. you that amount they can't change was my understanding but they can change when they take that money ah, and okay. they often okay. have right. and that's really yeah. can be annoying they, they you know you agreed that it goes out on the 15th of every month or something but they can you know decide either side to pull that money yes. out yes yes um, yeah, but interesting. If there's any direct debit knowledgeable people, let, I'd love to know because I, I, I honestly can't face reading that documentation too too closely. <laughs> oh, excellent. Oh, I think we've come to an end, haven't I we? Would, I would entirely agree. That's a, a good length for the podcast, I think. So, as, as always, we've not helped you in any way, shape or form, <laughs> but um, we have addressed the subject of how do we put our prices up, but we've delivered zero uh, results but nevertheless it was nice chatting about it well i hope you enjoyed that episode of wp builds david and i nattering on about putting our prices up 
As always, please leave some comments in the post, either on the Facebook group or on the post itself. That would be most helpful. We always like responding to those comments very much indeed. WP Builds is brought to you today by WP and Up. One in four of us will be directly affected by mental health-related illness. WP and Up supports and promotes positive mental health within the WordPress community. This is achieved through mentorship, events, training and counselling. Please help enable WP and Up by visiting wpandup.org forward slash give. Together, we can hashtag press forwards. And we appreciate the support of WP and Up in helping us bring you the WP Builds podcast. Right, that's it for this week. I really hope you enjoyed it. We'll see you on Monday for the WordPress Weekly News. And if not, maybe we'll see you next Thursday for the podcast. I will fade in some cheesy music and say bye-bye for now. <laughs>